Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. With an unprecedented access, Cartel Land is a riveting on-the-ground look at journeys at the journeys of two modern-day vigilante groups and their shared enemy, the murderous Mexican drug cartels. In the Mexican state of Michoacan, Dr. Jose Manuel Morales, a small-time physician known as El Doctor, leads the Auto Defensis, a citizen's uprising against the violent Knights Templar, a drug cartel that has wreaked havoc on the region for years. Meanwhile, in Arizona's Alter Valley, a narrow 52-mile-long desert corridor known as Cocaine Alley, Tim Naylor Foley, an American veteran, heads a small paramilitary group called Arizona Border Recon, whose goal is to stop Mexican drug wars from seeping across our border. We are joined today by the director of this remarkable documentary called Cartel Land. And the director, well, first of all, let me acknowledge the executive producer of Cartel Land is Catherine Bigelow. We know her from Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. But the director, who's been here before uh, to talk about his previous film, Escape Fire, joins us again today, and that would be Matthew Heineman, the director of this wonderful documentary, Cartel Land. Matthew, welcome to Film School. Thanks for having me. Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, I, 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 this is an amazing film. Um, for a lot of reasons. Um, first of all, this is kind of a tricky thing to be, uh, you know, a tricky subject matter, sort of the vigilante, both sides of the border. Uh, it's the kind of thing that it can be uh, seen as, you know, political and in, in, in a way that isn't fair to the subject. And I, I thought that your ability to present this in, in, in a way that it's up to you as a viewer you make the decisions, you make the call, but it's a very complex situation, and I didn't think you pulled your punches at all in any of it, and I, I to, to that end, my hat's off to you for a, for a wonderful accomplishment. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this, this is such a sort of hot-button topic with a lot of emotion, and, and, you know, it's really easy to sort of put nice, neat little boxes around the good guys and the bad guys. Right, um, but that's not what the reality on the ground was. You know, this is an incredibly complicated story, with you know a lot of murky territory, and especially when I stepped foot uh, in Mexico, yeah, the, with the auto defenses, with the vigilantes down there. You know, I, I thought I was telling this really simple hero villain story. You know, in the classic Western sense of, of guys in white shirts fighting against guys in black hats, and over time I realized that the the lines between good and evil. Uh, or much blurrier than I thought. And, you know, this blurring is fascinating to me. You know, I really wanted to well, understand what was happening. Yeah. I almost became obsessed with kind of figuring out what was happening. Yeah, and I, I'll say, how did this, you know, how did you get into this project? How did you, I mean, meeting uh, Mr. Foley, and how did this happen? <laughs> I guess is what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I first heard about um, the... The Arizona side. So I, I, I'd read about Naylor um, in a Rolling Stone piece by Damon Tabor. Um, spent several months sort of gaining his trust. Uh, you know, through talking on the phone for many for several months, and then I went I went down to Arizona and I started filming. And I filmed there for a few months. 
And then my my father actually sent me an article about the autodefensus in, in Mitchell Khan. Um, and right when I read it, I knew I wanted to create this sort of parallel narrative of vigilantism on both sides of the border. Mm-hmm. And, and basically two weeks later, I was down in Mexico filming. Well, this, this had to be, I mean, much more complex in terms of uh, gaining trust, but also knowing who you can trust in Mexico, right? How, how, what were the steps that you took as precautions for your own safety in, in gaining, in, in trusting the people that you were down there filming, but also how quickly did they begin to trust you? Because you got people from, at the opening of the film, you're talking to members of the cartel as they cook up methamphetamine. So, right. I, so obviously, I'm seeing that. I'm thinking, holy, and I can't use the word I want to use when I when I was watching it. What is you know what happened here? How did this all happen? Give us a little bit of a you know background on on gaining the trust of these very very dangerous people. You know, I, I think there's there's a there's several things that happened. I mean, first of all, you know, I was very transparent with my motivations. You know, I didn't come down to either one of these stories with an agenda. Uh, you know, with a goal in mind, um, I told you know both both characters on both sides of the border that you know I was here to document their stories, document the stories of their movement, uh, respective movements, and that you know I wanted to let the story sort of tell me where to go. And um, I think they both responded to that. You know, I think they both responded to my open-mindedness and to my um, you know desire to to you know follow the story and. Time, you know, time was really, really important. Mm-hmm. I spent, especially on the Mexican side, I spent almost a year um, filming down there. I spent, um, you know, I think just over nine months. And, you know, through that time, I was able to develop storylines, develop trust, develop, um, you know, relationships with people that, that led me to all the sort of crazy places that this film takes me. You know, I, I'm not a war reporter. I've never been in situations like this before, but... Um, you know, the film obviously, you know, leads me to shootouts between the cartel and the vigilantes, mm-hmm. um, between, you know, and, and meth lives in the dark desert night and places of torture, you know, places I never could have imagined right. filming in. Well, and, and I think I, I may have, I, I want to go back and kind of rephrase how I put this earlier. The, because there are there are a lot of gray areas as you you were alluding to earlier uh even in talking as the film opens you're talking to uh the these guys who are cooking the meth they work for the cartel they're very frank about what it is they they're in this for i mean they if if you gave them i got the sense and tell me if i'm wrong that if you gave them up an opportunity to do something other than this they would be happily they would happily do it but the fact is there's money to be made the Yankees want the drugs. The Yankees have been, you know, basically subverting Mexico for for a long, long time. And this is their, I think, their opinion. Uh, and why not? And it's not like, in a way, it's not like they're horrible people. They're doing what they need to do in order to make ends meet. I I, I know this is a, a vast oversimplification, but there is a there is this gray area. Totally. I mean, for them. To the at least the Mexico guys, you know, they uh, view themselves as farmers. Yeah, you know, they're cultivating a crop. It just so happened that the crop made its way northward and ruined people's lives. 
But for them, they were just getting by. Yeah. And you know, I think that's that's part of you know, in, in this in this sort of story of of, of, of citizens taking the lawns door in hand to fight back against the cartel. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, you know interesting characters with interesting motivations. And I think a lot of what the film is about is what motivates people to do what they do, what drives people uh, to do what they do. Um, and especially in the case of the vigilantes, which, you know, the, the main storyline, obviously, is, is, is the, the, the differing motivations of people operating outside the law, uh, you know, the idea of power corrupting, um, that is, is sort of the tension that builds and ultimately sort of explodes uh, in, in the end of the film. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk something about that. Um, first of all, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Matthew Heineman. He's the director of Cartel Land, and it's opening here in Los Angeles. In fact, it's opening across the street from where I'm sitting right now at the University Town Center 6 in Irvine. Uh, it's also at the Arclight Hollywood um, and all uh, probably about 20 to 25 different uh, theaters around the country it's opening up. And you can go to uh, cartlandmovie.com to find out where all of those are. Are you cartellandmovie.com? Pardon me, cartellandmovie.com. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Did I say it? cartel movie? Cartellandmovie.com. Correct. I'm sorry. Um, so, and by the way, are you uh, in town for a Q and A at the ArcLight? Is my understanding? Or are you in town? Yeah. Tonight, I'm, I'm actually doing a Q and A with uh, at the six fifteen after the six fifteen and eight forty five shows with, with Josh Brolin, and then tomorrow night after the six fifteen and eight forty five shows with. Uh, uh, Catherine Bigelow, so. the executive producer. Yeah. Well, okay, now let's talk a little bit about Dr. Jose Manuel Morales, and he is the one who started this uh, this citizens' defense organization, Auto Defensas. Am I saying that correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Tell us a little bit about his journey because he is truly, you know, the 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 most the dynamic kind of catalyst for this film. And, and the arc of his story and his intentions and how things change. And that, that's the beauty of watching Cartel Land. You, you see this kind of slow-moving uh, political... You can see it coming in a way, but it's still shocking when it happens. Tell me a little bit about his story and what prompted him to organize this citizen uh, group. You know, I think what we see, you know, especially when I when I first landed in, in Mexico and Michoacan, is, is a society where institutions, where government institutions have failed, uh, a lawless society in which, you know, the cartels ruled, yeah. and they ruled every aspect of civil life. They, you know, controlled the local police, most in most cases, uh, you know, local government. Um, they taxed the citizens. They extorted people from, you know, local tortilla makers to multinational corporations, and they, you know, they basically beheaded or, or killed anybody that got in their way. And um, so, they, you know, they also ruled through fear. And after years of this, the citizens finally banded together and said, "This enough is enough, and we can't take this anymore. We have no one to protect us. The government's not doing it. And so we need to provide basic, you know, safety and security for our communities. And out of that, he steps forward. Um, correct. Yeah. So, so you know, the Dr. Morales, known as El Bactor, um, you know, along with a few others, you know, helped lead the citizen uprising to fight back, to fight back against the cartel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are, you know, 
farmers, storekeepers. You don't, you know, train soldiers. You know, obviously, in the case of our leader, the the a small town doctor, small town physician, um, and you know, they started fighting back against the cartel. They started beating uh, back the cartel. You know, take going town by town and purging them of the cartel. Uh, at one point, uh, at the pinnacle, uh, it was estimated that there's twenty thousand auto defenses, twenty thousand men yeah. with, with, with assault rifles. You know, cleaning through cleaning out towns. Now, when you're when you're with them, does does it feel like that's what's happening? Did you ever have the sense that? I mean, what was your sense? You're riding around. You're 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 engaged. By the way, uh, you're engaged in firefights. We're watching live ammunition flying around, and you are you seem pretty pretty fearless. I, I uh, in all of this, I, I I've got to, my hats off to you, and just in terms of your commitment to telling this story, it's pretty remarkable. But did it feel like that when you were with him that you that these people were really beginning to reclaim their towns? I mean, yeah, you know, in, in the first act of the film, you know, as 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 it was, you know, in the first act of me being down there, it really, you know, felt like they were. The townspeople were welcoming them. They yeah. were, you know, clearing out the towns, and 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 you know, every, you know, they 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 go in. They they sometimes get in gunfights. They they take people out, and then they you know secure the town and put barricades at all entrances of the town, and and then they would have um, you know auto defenses uh, watching over the town, uh, and you know essentially being judge and jury as well. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a wild. You know, it's almost like a Wild West uh, yeah. environment. Well, and I will say that, and again, you're, you're sort of touching on the the, the, the the very prickly sort of politics of all of this and the and, and the, the on-the-ground reality of, you know, becoming a, a surrogate government, quasi-government um, organization is along with that comes not only just clearing out the town and getting rid of these cartels, these members of this cartel, uh, Templar Knights, but also then comes the heavy lifting of actually some form of justice and governance and giving people uh, uh, some freedom to do some of the things that they've been able to do. And that's where it is so tricky, that transition from coming in as the the John Waynes of the world and sweeping in and, and cleaning out the town and now begins, now what, right? How do you How do you now begin to govern and especially in light of the fact that the central government of Mexico you see that in the form of this sort of uh model like figure that Nieto uh, president Nieto is in 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 Mexico he's on TV he sort of appears here and there but the central government in Mexico seems like it's a million miles away a million miles removed from the from the lives of these people is that is that an accurate assessment of what what it feels like when you're on the ground in in Michoacan? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, they they really do feel abandoned by their government. They do feel, you know, like they're in this area that's controlled by the cartels. And you know, that's one of the things that 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 sort of ties these stories together is that um, both the vigilantes in, in Arizona as as well as those in yeah. Mexico. Um, feel that way. They feel abandoned by their government, yeah. Um, yeah. and and they feel um, like government institutions have failed. And and you know, at its heart of the film are, are Naylor and, and El Doctor. Yeah. You know, the 
leaders of both of these groups. They're both 55 years old. They both believe the government failed them. They've both taken the law into their own hands to fight for what they believe in. Um, but the circumstances are different. You know, in Mexico, the violence is visceral. It's real. You know, 20, um, excuse me, 80,000 plus people killed since 2007. 20,000 plus people disappeared since 2007. Um, whereas in Arizona, even when you're on the border, you know, you do feel like you're in this world, that's, you know, you're on U.S. soil, you in this world controlled by the cartels. You know, you look up on the mountaintops, and there's cartel scouts watching you. Um, you know, you can hear them talking about you on the radio. Um, so, but, you know, the violence is not happening at the level, obviously, it's happening in Mexico. There's not you know, shootouts in the streets of southern Arizona. There's not severed heads, you know, on the, on the, on the, on the streets. Right. So, um, you know, that fight is a little bit more theoretical. It's much more of a fear that these Mexican drug wars will see its way across our border. Right. So when you say when you're talking about the cartels are watching and and are they actually uh, the lookouts? They're on uh, U.S. So, uh, soil or are they just across the border? How, how no, is... no, this is this is U.S. soil. Okay, is, and that's a... is, yeah, in Arizona. Yeah, that that yeah. I was watching the movie and I couldn't quite tell if that's what they were referring to, but. Uh, and I, you know, I mean, anecdotally, I think anyone who has uh, friends who uh, who have been to the border, um, there is this sort of, yeah, this this eerie sort of feeling that things are not as they should be, right? I mean, in terms of controlling the border, in terms of what's actually going on, the, the ease with which drugs flow into the United States is it. There's something that we don't know that the American public is, is not being told here because this, this amount of drugs, this amount of violence that's taking place within earshot of the United States is, is way, way too organized for, uh, for it to just be a bunch of, you know, a bunch of small time thugs. This is, this is big business. And I think that's the thing that is very scary about all of this, that there's so much money involved. There's so much money, and you know, I think that's one of the things. You know, obviously, this is not a policy film. Right. You know, the goal of my this film is, you know, not to use talking heads, not have you know outside experts, not have stats, but was to you know put people right on the front lines of this of this fight, um, and and see the effects of narco violence on everyday people, and the response of everyday people fighting back, and then the consequences of that. Um, but I think you know. You know, as I've seen many times screening this movie, um, you know, I think one of the things that we don't realize as Americans is that there's this war that's happening yeah. in the country just south of us, a war that we share, so, you know, in the country, excuse me, that we share so much history with, um, and in a war that we're somewhat connected to. You know, we're, we're buying the drugs that are the basis for that war, that are the basis for that violence. It's obviously not that simple. It's much more complicated than that. But we're connected to it. Um, and, you know, we talk about ISIS, we talk about all these horrible things happening across the world, which are all, you know, horrible. But, you know, there is this, this, this war that's happening, you know, on our, on our doorstep. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, uh, as I said at the top of the interview, I mean, my hat's off to you uh, for, first of all, for, for putting your own life at risk to go down to Mexico and to Arizona to tell this story. But on top of that, your presentation is... It leaves it to the viewer. It leaves it to me and to anyone else who sees this film to make their own decisions. And 
the the moral ambiguity is what in my mind gives this gives cartel land such a powerful impact in that there and at by the by the time you're done watching cartel land there you know there's no easy way there's no easy way out of this this is not something that we're going to be able to throw we could throw law enforcement at this all day long but at the end of the day there is a lot more in play here that that needs to be addressed and 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 first and foremost people need to know that they have a future whether it's on this side of the border or on the other side of the border they need to know their families are safe they need to know that they can make a life and uh and that isn't the case now and it and it doesn't look like it's going to be the case for a very very long time remarkable film uh matthew um thank you thanks I'll, for having me on you're welcome. I'm going to just let people know that in it, at uh, was it Sundance where when the directing and special special award jury award uh, for cinematography, which uh, I assume you're you're the lead cinematographer, obviously in this. So congratulations for uh, for the awards that this film has been garnering and uh, will continue to garner. I'm sure of it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I also had a you know very talented shooter Matthew Porwall along with me for for much of the film. Okay, so, okay. You know, we, we we shared that that credit. Okay, fantastic. Uh, the but, film is Cartel Land. The the director Matthew Heineman. Well, uh, all the best to you. Uh, and and uh, and as I said, it, the film is opening all over the country. Uh, it's opening here across the street at the Irvine. Uh, University Town Center, but ArcLight, also in San Diego. It's just go to the cartellandmovie.com website to find out more about it. Matthew, thank you so much for being a part of Film School. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.